indigenous people of the United States who now come to order. Welcome everyone. I note that a quorum is present. The subcommittees are meeting jointly today to hear testimony on examining the policies and practices of the Bureau of Indian Education. I know for the subcommittee, Ms. Bonamichia Fargon is permitted to participate in today's hearing with the understanding that her questions will only come after all members of two subcommittees on both sides of the aisle where person have had an opportunity to question the witnesses. This is an entirely remote hearing. All microphones will be kept muted as a general rule to avoid unnecessary background noise. Members and witnesses will be responsible for unmuting themselves when they are recognized to speak or when they wish to seek recognition. I also ask that members please identify themselves before they speak. Members should keep their cameras on while in the proceeding. Members shall be considered present in the proceeding when they are visible on camera and they shall be considered not present when they are not visible on camera. The only exception to this if they're experiencing technical difficulty and inform the committee staff of such difficulty. If any member experiences technical difficulties during the hearing, you should stay connected on the platform, make sure you're muted and use your phone to immediately call the committee's IT director whose number was provided in advance. Should the chair experience technical difficulty or need to stay to step away, Ms. Ledger Fernandez, as chair of the House Natural Resources Subcommittee for the Indigenous People of the United States, or another majority member is hereby authorized to assume the gavel in the chair's absence. This is an entirely remote hearing and as such, the committee's hearing room is officially closed. Members who choose to sit with their individual devices in the hearing room must wear headphones to avoid feedback, echoes, and distortion resulting from more than one person, person on the software platform sitting in the same room. Members are also expected to adhere to social distancing and safe health uh, care guidelines, including the use of masks, hand sanitizers, and again, wiping down the areas both before and after their presence in the hearing room. In order to ensure that the committee's five-minute rule is adhered to, staff will be keeping track of time using the committee's field timer. The field timer will appear on its own thumbnail picture and will be named 001 timer. There will be no one-minute uh, remaining warning. The field timer will show a blinking light when time is up. Members and witnesses are asked to please wrap up promptly when their time has expired. Pursuant to committee rule 8C and opening, state, opening statements are limited to the subcommittee chairs and the ranking members. This allows us to hear from our witnesses sooner and provides all members with adequate, adequate time to ask questions. I now recognize myself for the purpose of making an opening statement. So today we're meeting to examine the role of the Bureau of Indian Education in serving American Indian and Alaska Native students. The federal government has trust responsibility to Indian tribes bound by both the United States Constitution and moral responsibility. Education is a core part of this obligation. Unfortunately, our commitment to faithfully educate and support American Indian and Alaska Natives or AIAN students have been marred by generations of abuse and neglect. A report released last month from the Department of Interior on federal Indian boarding schools from 1820 to 1969 found a history of low quality education, 
military strategies to erase the identity of AIA and students and fiscal, sexual, and emotional abuse. Tragically, these actions carried out by the people entrusted to educate our children likely contributed to the deaths of at least 500 American Indians and Alaska Native students. Today, the Bureau of Education or the BIE has a key role in, to play in fulfilling the federal government's commitment to providing a high quality education to AIAN students. BIE schools honor ancestors and sustain traditions signaling to students that they belong in school. Research shows that students from underrepresented backgrounds, including AIAN students, have higher achievement rates when cultural specific elements were incorporated into their curriculum. Despite the importance of BIE schools, American Indian and Alaskan Native students are still in need of educational resources and support. A 2021 study showed that BIE students perform more than two grade levels below the national average. Even when compared to AIAN public school students, BIE students were still roughly one third of a grade level behind. And research confirms that AIAN students experience higher than average rates of depression and suicide. Unfortunately, the pandemic only compounded the consequences of our multi-generational neglect of AIAAN students. During the pandemic, Native Americans lost their lives at higher rates compared to other demographics in the United States. Student achievement declined and mental health challenges worsened. The loss of tribal members inflicted an immeasurable loss to Native Americans traditions and languages. Now more than ever, the education and future of American Indian and Alaskan Native students and communities fall on the strength of BIE funded schools. To that end, over the past two years, Congressional Democrats have secured historic investments in education, including $990 million in dedicated funding to help AIAN students get back on track. BIE schools can use these funds to protect the health and safety of students and staff, address learning loss, and support students' social and emotional needs. However, we know these investments alone will not solve the underlying issues at BIEs, that BIE schools face. According to the studies conducted by the Government Accountability Office, core management and accountability challenges have prevented BIE from repairing dilapidated school facilities, fully serving students with disabilities, and meeting students' academic and mental health needs. Today, we have an opportunity to examine the steps BIE is taking to fulfill its responsibility to students. I'm committed to securing sustained and strategic investments to ensure BIE can improve its operations and address the urgent challenges facing AIA and students. For example, President Biden's budget proposal for fiscal year 2023 called for 1.6 billion for the BIE a $500 million increase above the fiscal year 2022 enacted level, including more than $890 million for K-12 education. These investments are not only critical to the education of our nation's students, but to the future of American Indian and Alaska Native communities and our constitutional commitment to them. So thank you again, Director Dearman, for your services to first your service to AIA and students. And I look forward to our discussions alongside Ms. Shirwa of the Government Accountability Office. 
Uh, thank you, and I recognize, I now recognize Ranking Member uh, Mr. Owens of Utah for the purpose of making an opening statement. Mr. Owens, please. I think you need to unmute, Mr. Owens. Thank you. Okay, sorry about that. No well, thank you, thank you, Mr. Chairman, and also your witnesses here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, BIE has long been plagued by problems, has been on the Government Accountability Office, GAO, high risk status list since 2017. The report issued 65 recommendations for improving BIE operations and performance, but as of December 2020, 22 of these recommendations remain open. The schools refunded by BIE frequently fail to provide students with an environment that keeps them safe and healthy. For example, December 2014, Minneapolis Star Tribune ran a four-part series on BIE schools focused on the dilapidated state of the school buildings and argued that the decrepit conditions are common throughout the system and neglected by the federal government. A 2013 political report called BIE schools the worst schools in America citing, and that says a lot, the worst schools in America, citing one school on the Navajo reservation that ranks, uh, that, that had cracks running down the walls, leaky pipes in the floors, and asbestos in the basement. Additionally, while these schools spend more per pupil than non-BIE public schools, students' perform, performance is consistently lower than that of traditional public school uh, students, including that of the Navajo, the Native Americans. The rate of graduation in BIE schools are uh, 53%, which is far below the national average of all Native Americans, which is 65, uh, 69%, and even worse compared to the national average of all students of 81%. It is clear these schools aren't giving students the education they deserve. I know BIE has take, undertaken multiple uh, efforts to reform and reorganize uh, to better support students, but I also know these reforms seem to have been unsuccessful so far. I look forward to hearing more from our witnesses about steps BIE has taken to finally address GAO's recommendations, but also steps BIE is taking to address the far more important problem, which is way too, too few students are graduating with skills and knowledge they need to succeed. Thank you, uh, and I yield back. Mute. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you, Mr. Owens. I now like to recognize um, the chairwoman of the uh, subcommittee, House Natural Resources Subcommittee for the Indigenous People of the United States, uh, Ms. Ledger Fernandez of New Mexico, for the purpose of making an opening statement. Uh, Ms. Ledger Fernandez, please. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chair Sablan and Ranking Member Owens. Uh, and also, I uh, would like to thank uh, Skip Ranking Member, Representative Opal Nolte. Uh, we are all gathered here with the interest of education for our Native American children or Alaska Native and Hawaii Native children. I can tell you, I visit with Native American leaders across my district and across this country regularly. Will bring up education. Um, Ms. Letter Fernandez, one, hold on. 
quality education that also is rooted in cultural values and the linguistics of the tribe. Last month, um, am I am I breaking up? Yeah, actually. Last yeah, month, yeah. I heard from one tribe in Washington that worked with schools so that the tribal students are now taught tribal history and. Yeah, I think okay. we've lost. I think with Mr. Miss um, Ledger Fernandez, I think we've lost her. Can staff give me an update, please? Uh, Chairman Sablon, I still have uh, Representative Ledger Fernandez's connection to the platform. However, I think it is bouncing between strangling bandwidth for video and audio. Uh, I have visual confirmation of Chair Ledger Fernandez back on the platform. Uh, however, I do not have audio confirmation from Chair Is Ledger the connection cutting out from Ms. Chair? Yes, Chair Ledger Fernandez, yeah. your connection is breaking up. Uh, it is switching okay. Between video. Here's what we'll do. We'll go to Mr. Obernalti and come back to Ms. Ledger Fernandez. Please, Mr. Albernotti, yes, sir, your opening statement. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much, Chairman Sablon and uh, Chair Levy Fernandez. I appreciate your rescheduling today's hearing, a very important hearing. Uh, it's disappointing, I know, for all of us back in May that we had some technical challenges that required it to be rescheduled. And uh, unfortunately, it looks like we're having some technical challenges with the hearing today. Um, you know, this is an oversight hearing, uh, one of the reasons why it's so important to all of us, but uh, also I think underscores the importance of trying to get back to uh, a, a schedule of in-person hearings. These, these technical challenges I think are frustrating for not just us, but for our witnesses and for the members of the public that watch. And I think we're more effective as an oversight body when we're sitting on a dais in the same room, we can see each other, we can see the witnesses, they can see us. And uh, so I'm hopeful that we can get back to a schedule of in-person hearings. So uh, today, uh, obviously, we're examining the policies and priorities of the Bureau of Indian Education. Uh, this is something that is of critical importance to everyone on this committee, uh, charged as they are with providing educational support to the more than 30,000 students who are located in or near Indian reservations. Now, uh, I want to thank you, Mr. Chairman, for including the Government Accountability Office uh, in this hearing, originally, I think they were not scheduled to be included, and uh, they are. their input is going to be critical to our deliberations here. Uh, as uh, we have heard, the GAIO in 2017 included the BIE on its biannual high-risk list of federal programs that are especially vulnerable to waste, fraud, and abuse and or mismanagement or that need transformative change. Uh, obviously, given some of the statistics that we've seen quoted, this designation by the GIO was uh, not a surprise to those in Indian country. Uh, the BIE has just been uh, facing challenge after challenge, uh, spanning back decades. So uh, to be clear, we in Congress have an oversight responsibility towards agencies like the BIE. That oversight does not have to be adversarial. I think that we're all on the same team here. We want to empower the BIE to do their mission and improve the quality of the education that we're providing to these students. But uh, there are still challenges that remain of those 39 open GAO recommendations in 2017, as of the latest report in January of last year, there are over a dozen of them still outstanding. So obviously we have some work that still remains ahead of us. So I'm hopeful that uh, the inclusion of the GIO in this hearing will enable us to work with the BIE and, and try and uh, solve some of these problems. 
before uh, I yield back, uh, I, I want to talk about uh, how encouraging it is to see the, the bipartisan nature of the cooperation on this committee, uh, especially with respect to the JO, uh, and I'm hopeful that continues. I think the inclusion of other outside witnesses uh, is very helpful to the business of the committee. It, it uh, certainly improves our transparency, and I think it improves our ability to uh, to enhance uh, accountability throughout the entire process. So uh, I'm hoping that we're going to continue to be able to work together on a bipartisan basis in that way. Looking forward to the hearing, and Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Thank you, Mr. Obernarki. Um, we'll circle back to um, the chairwoman of the subcommittee for the indigenous people, uh, Ms. Leja Fernandez, please, your opening statements again. Thank you. Thank, thank you so very much. And uh, uh, I think I might be breaking up again. This is the issue of when you are in Indian country. Uh, we don't really have great broadband. Uh, can you hear me now? No, I'm sorry. Uh, Teresa, your, um, I think your, it says your bandwidth is low, so you're coming in and out. Yeah. You're um, yeah. coming in and out, and then your your photo is you're 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 freezing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if you can hear me, I mean the issue is that where we do not have Wi-Fi where I'm at. I'm actually um, in uh, in Indian. Yeah, um, I am. I'm truly, truly sorry. I do not want to do this at all. But um, like Mr. Robinard to mention, we already canceled, postponed this hearing once. I'm going to ask um, that Ms. Ledger Fernandez' opening statements be included in the record, and so we can move on and this hear from our witnesses. Uh, um, so, um, Ms. Ledger Fernandez, can you please make a statement asking uh, that your statement uh, be inserted into the record? I appreciate that. Uh, we have, I think we have lost. Uh, Mr. Chair, would it suffice for me to make a request for unanimous consent that the chair's statement be included in the record? Oh uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Thank you. Um, um is that a statement, um, Mr. Obernarki? Uh, yeah, I request unanimous consent that uh, Chairman Ledger Fernandez's opening statement be included in the written record for this hearing. All right, and without objection, uh, so ordered. Thank you. So uh, let's now proceed to um, our witnesses. Um, and uh, without objection, all members, all the members who wish to insert written statements into the record may do so by submitting them to the committee clerk electronically in Microsoft Word format by 5 p.m. on July 12th. I will now introduce the witnesses. 
Uh, Mr. Tony L. Dierman is the director of the Bureau of Indian Education, uh, a role he has held since November of 2016. Mr. Dierman is a member of the Cherokee, Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma and brings more than two decades of experience as a teacher, coach, and administrator in BIE-operated and tribally-controlled schools, including implementing much-needed reforms. He began his career in education in 1993 at Sequoia High School, a boarding school operated by the Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma. Uh, Ms. Beth Sirwa uh, has been an assistant director in GAO's education workforce and income security team since 2011. For the past 10 years, she's worked on issues regarding Bureau of Indian Education schools, producing numerous reports and topics ranging from school health and safety to special education services. She, also, she has also overseen several studies on higher education and Department of Education K-12 programs. Before the, joining the education and workforce team, she worked for seven, seven years as an advisor in GAO's Office of Congressional Relations. We appreciate the witnesses for participating today and look forward to your testimony. Let me remind you that we have read your written statements and it will appear in full in the hearing record. Pursuant to Committee Rule 8B and Committee Practice, you're asked to limit your oral presentation to a five-minute summary of your written statement. Before you begin your testimony, please remember to unmute, unmute your microphone. During the testimony, staff will be keeping track of time and a light will blink when time is up. Please be attentive to the time. Wrap up when time is over and remute your microphone. If you experience technical difficulties during your testimony or later in the hearing, you should stay connected on the platform. Make sure you're muted and use your phone to immediately call the committee's IT director, whose number was provided to you in advance. After the witnesses make their presentations, we will move to member questions. When answering a question, please remember to unmute your microphone. The witnesses are aware of the responsibility to provide accurate information to the subcommittees, and therefore we will proceed with your testimony. Um, Assistant Director uh, Sirwa, um, please, you have five minutes. Thank you very much. 